to the moon. I can't believe what's happening here. I got And now, History Boulevard with John Oakley. This noteworthy occasion that Churchill became prime minister and in many regards, respect, helped to save Western civilization. It was that critical. So here's the history lesson. Justin Reich has joined us, executive director of the International Churchill Society. Justin, appreciate you joining us here on the Oakley Show in Toronto. Good afternoon. Hi, John. Good afternoon, and thank you for having me. I'm always happy to talk about Winston Churchill and, of course, on this day of all days. Well, significant, uh, a watershed moment in the history of Western civilization, could we say? Yeah, you, you certainly could. And, and I think the reason that people around the world still celebrate this day, um, and, and including in addition to Winston Churchill's birthday, November 30th, is that this day in May 1940, as you started your introduction with, was a day of in, intense historic events. The Germans sweeping through Western Europe, Neville Chamberlain realizing that he did not have the support of the House of Commons anymore. And the job, actually, if, was, if it was up to Neville Chamberlain, was supposed to go to Lord Halifax. But in a very unique and interesting twist of fate, it was Sir Winston Churchill who became prime minister. And again, in your, in your introduction with his never given attitude, uh, led, uh, began the fight, a very long fight, but certainly began the fight uh, for freedom against Nazi terrorism. Well, this is what it sounded like on this fateful day when Winston Churchill did utter those words, or I guess it was on the 13th of May, just a few days hence. Give a listen. We shall go on to the end. We shall fight in France. We shall fight on the seas and oceans. We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall defend our island, whatever the cost may be. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. Well, there you go, Winston Churchill. I mean, it's still you know, raises the hairs on the nape of my neck here when I hear that, because such was leadership. Uh, let me ask you, Justin, what was it about Churchill's character or personality that made him the right man for the occasion? Well, I, I maybe you, as you'd agree, John, you know, individual character is uh, a mixture of things. It's a mixture of individual values and um, life experiences. And Winston Churchill at this time, May 1940, 65. Not many people recognize that. He lived a very long life, uh, a very varied life, um, from being a young soldier in India, in Cuba, in Africa, seeing fighting firsthand, to uh, being um, a leader in World War I in the cabinet as the first sea lord, uh, and then his fall from grace uh, with the Gallipoli campaign. And you know what he did, John, immediately after the Gallipoli disaster? Hmm. Instead of resigning as a politician and, you know, going back to his house and, and brooding, he went to the Western Front for seven months and he led a reg regiment of men and he went over the top many times and he almost died many times. And that type of personal courage really allowed him to develop this sense of leadership of leading from the front. And so in May 10th, uh, May 10th, 1940, 
Winston Churchill was prepared for this job. In fact, you know, when when he took on the job and he, and he he talks about it, excuse me, writes about it later, he says as it was as it was as if I was walking with destiny that all of my life had led up to this moment. So certainly his character was was shaped by his life experiences. And really, when we talk about right man at the right time, it was a full life that had readied this individual. And, and but he knew that wasn't just him who was going to win this war. And he talks about him being the, the, the roar of the lion of the British people. He was just simply the, the person at the front, and he knew that he had the people behind him. Um, so he had this incredible ability to lead with his words and his actions, and that's what was needed at that time. Yeah, you know, it's interesting when you reference Gallipoli, uh, the Dardanelles campaign in World War I. Uh, so after that disaster, because it was an unmitigated disaster and uh, the Aussie New Zealand ranks, the Allies were basically decimated there. Uh, that was the fall from grace where many would not have recovered. But you said he went and served in the front, uh, on the Western Front. And that rehabilitated his image, I guess, or his stature standing uh, with the public at the time and uh, allowed him to continue to serve. And then again, on this fateful day, uh, reach the pinnacle of power in the UK. Uh, but it might not have been that way had he not gone to the Western Front and saw active duty, correct? Well, I do think it's, it's one of the most pivotal points of his life. And when people ask me, what about Winston Churchill do you admire the most? You know, is it his quick wit? Is it his, you know, his leadership in the face of adversity? Certainly all of those things. But it was his decision to go uh, from what you could call the, the cabinet room of the war cabinet to the front lines in the trenches. And his decision, because remember, Winston Churchill was a soldier at heart. He was a cavalry, cavalryman from a young age. He served on three continents. He, had, he, he knew what dying and, and killing meant. And he did not take it lightly. And so when he goes to the front and he serves, uh, he leads this regiment of Royal Scots Fusiliers. Um, he, he, he understands that war is, is not something to ever want to happen. And he really, you know, I don't think it was a deliberate attempt to rehab, rehabilitate his image. But think Winston Churchill was a man of service, whether it be public service, political service, or service to then uh, Her Majesty, and then in World War One, his, his Majesty. Um, you know, he 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 came from this aristocratic background, the Duke of uh, Blenheim, and who was his uncle. They were all servants in a way. So certainly, he 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 probably did have some sort of jump in his ratings, if you will. Hmm. But to him, it was his duty. Right. You know, you mentioned his quick wit. Uh, as you said that, I was trying to remember how he topped Lady Astor that one time at a party, famously. Uh, do you remember the quote? Yes. Yeah, so, and, you know, uh, <laughs> I think the jury's still, still out if this is, is actually fully true, but Lady Astor, who is one of the first uh, female members of Parliament, an American, uh, just like Winston Churchill, who was half American, his mother Jenny being from Brooklyn, New York, uh, Lady Astor goes up to Winston Churchill and says, um, Sir, if you were my husband, I would put poison in your coffee. And he replies to her, ma'am, if you were my wife, I would drink it. <laughs> so certainly this, this, this very, in, you know, very funny, very 
uh, uh, quick ability to make light of any cir- circumstance and, re- and respond to people. But that took a, a while for him. You know, his, his young childhood was not one that anybody would envy, even though he came from an aristocratic background. He had an exceptionally difficult relationship with his father. His father died when he was very young. His father was very cold to him. And Winston Churchill himself had a lot of difficulty learning. So he, he, he kind of created this, this uh, bravado, if you will, and this outward sense of confidence, I think, to, to really mask some of the, some of the uh, difficulties that he had as a young man. Justin, finally, as towering a figure as he is historically and significant, too, uh, there are still some people who have problems with him, historically speaking. I mean, even pulling down statues. What is behind that? Well, I, I think iconoclasm, if we can call it that, is a centuries-old tradition, John's. Um, societies, as they change, they go from revering individuals to uh, to to uh, not revering them anymore. And I think with Winston Churchill specifically, he represents to some people, and in my mind, in the International Churchill Society's mind, uh, incorrectly, an age of uh, colonialism and imperialism, which has no redeeming value to it to it whatsoever. Whereas Winston Churchill, albeit a committed monarchist and someone who deeply believed in the British Empire, uh, was the champion of the United Nations uh, Human Rights Convention. I mean, this man championed um, sovereignty sovereignty for uh, Commonwealth nations uh, with the Atlantic Charter. This is the man who stood up for freedom and democracy. And when, you know, people compare him to well, you know, he, uh, he, you know he, he served in the British Empire. Well, of course, but Winston Churchill believed in the British Empire for its benevolence, not for its malevolence. Mm. Uh, and there are innumerable times in the history, and, and you always have to look at primary sources, John, and for those people who are listening, look at the primary sources. What do they say? And those will speak uh, for themselves in, in terms of, of Winston Churchill and how he was a committed, committed humanist and believed in humankind. I appreciate your speaking on his behalf today and uh, giving us the historical context. Justin Reich, Exec Director of the International Churchill Society. On this date, 1940, Churchill became Prime Minister of Britain, and the rest, as I say, is history. Listen to The John Oakley Show live each weekday afternoon from 3 until 6. If you live in the Toronto area, just turn that AM dial to 640 and listen anywhere on Earth 24 hours a day by going to 640toronto.com. Follow on Twitter at AM640Oakley. You've been listening to A Curious Cast. New podcasts and shows are debuting all the time. So check back often to see what's new in the Curious Cast Library.